0: Welcome to episode number 413 of Gun for Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearmsauctions.com, where you set the price on guns, ammo, and accessories. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd.
1: And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today is elect your local sheriff, and our guest is Mike Crawford. Mike is a 2024 candidate for sheriff of Maricopa County. He has lived a life of service for his nation, first as a volunteer firefighter while in high school, then in the United States Air Force, following by becoming a deputy sheriff special agent for the DEA Narcotics Task Force and extradition fugitive deputy in his native state of New Mexico. Once Mike moved to Arizona, he joined the Glendale Police Department as a police officer, became a motor instructor, and is a recognized motorcycle expert in the Arizona court system. Mike's campaign to become Maricopa County Sheriff is a lifetime of experience and service. Thank you for being on the show, Mike. Thank you for your service, too.
2: Oh, it was my pleasure. Thanks, Cheryl and Dan, for having me on this morning. And good morning, everybody out there. How are you?
0: absolutely this is exciting i mean of course we are friends in in real life and now we get to play friends on tv together so (laughs) yeah
1: so (laughs) my my first question if if i can it's not on the script but so michael um you are a true constitutionalist is that correct
2: that is correct
1: then that's what we need for sheriff what else could we ask for
2: well absolutely and and Uh, standing up for our constitutional rights and freedoms is utmost important as American citizens and as Americans, it's, it defines who we are.
1: Right.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, there's so much evidence lately, and I, I truly believe it's evidence. It's no longer like conspiracy theories, right? That the federal government has weaponized not only the DOJ, but a bunch of the different three letter agencies the ATF, we can speak to that from personal experience, um, and on and on, weaponize these these agencies against we, the people, the citizens. What can a sheriff do ab- about that to kind of push back on that or correct that issue? Is that something that a sheriff has power over?
2: It certainly is. And, you know, you said you're the conspiracy theorist and call me a conspiracy theorist I mean you mean I'm right again theorist um
0: <laughs> so true. look,
2: look at what, what's going on in the Senate right now with um what's going on with the DOJ and and what they did with Trump and and um the laptop hello um mm-hmm. everything that's come to be true uh, with um it, you guys have a gun store uh well had a gun store uh you have the gun auction and and you you've chosen to not do the firearm sales anymore because it became such a hassle uh, with the BATF, um, Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Some people says it sounds like a party. That sound, you know, that would be great. But it's become such a hassle as a business owner and as a citizen to go through all the hoops, and they just keep adding more and more hoops. And the ATF, let's take just for instance, uh, one of the battles that's raging right now. The the forearm brace on AR pistols.
0: Right.
2: Or it doesn't have to be an AR pistol, but any um, semi-automatic pistol. Um, disabled firearm owners in the United States, citizens, rightful, lawful gun owners. Our Second Amendment is pretty clear. Our rights shall not be infringed. If you look at Arizona statute, it's even more strict. Arizona statute was written to defend the rights of Arizona citizens even more strictly, to defend our rights against government infringement. It's actually in our statute impairment, which is even more strict against the government. And someone who is going to, number one, obey the law, and number two, defend the law, and uphold the law in this state has to know the difference between the two. Impairment, that word, is a lot more restrictive than infringement. Our forefathers here in Arizona saw that we needed a more defined and more restrictive protection against the government on our gun freedoms and our rights here in Arizona. And there are several instances in Arizona statute where we are protected as Arizonans more strictly than over the broad constitution of the United States. Mm -hmm. They had the forethought to see that.
0: Absolutely.
2: God bless them for doing that. What it allows a constitutional sheriff in Arizona to do is stand up more strictly and more stringently for the rights of the citizens in Arizona. When the ATF comes into Arizona and wants to, more, you know, bear down on on the the gun freedoms and rights of Arizona citizens. It allows the sheriff, which is a Clio, the chief law enforcement officer, and that was defined by Justice Scalia. Uh, Scalia, whenever um, the Brady laws were um, going on, that's a perfect example. During the during the Brady debates, the Supreme Court stood up and said the federal government had to back off. The federal government cannot come in and order local law enforcement to infringe on citizens' rights. And it was defined very clearly in the briefs that were ordered then, and it allows sheriffs, specifically the CLEO, Chief Law Enforcement Officer of the county, to more strictly stand against the federal government whenever the federal government, these three letter agencies, the FBI, the FDA, um, any any department of the DOJ to come in and whenever they wanna infringe on citizens rights, it allows the Clio, the chief law enforcement officer to stand up for the citizens rights.
1: Yeah, and what people don't understand is chief law enforcement office mm-hmm. and they are voted mm-hmm. in. So we don't have city councils or governors, or anybody influencing sheriff to, to enforce a non-constitutional law?
2: Even the president.
0: Even the president, you say?
2: Correct. So the sheriff is elected by the people. Mm-hmm. The sheriff works solely and specifically for the people.
0: That is so powerful. And I don't know how many people really don't understand that. I think most people don't understand that because they think, well, you know, I know how my chief of police operates or gets elected or, you know, who they really answer to. And so the sheriff is somewhat removed from that and probably a lot the same. And it really is a very different relationship. To the constituency, as you pointed out, because we're the ones that hire you with our votes.
2: That is correct. And you are the only ones that can fire the sheriff, the people. So uh, uh, say a city chief of police, if he's not acting the way that the city manager or the mayor wants, he can be fired. Um, under political auspices, if, if he he's not towing the line of the party, or if he's not writing enough parking tickets, or if they get in some kind of disagreement politically, he can be removed. And he knows that so he's going to, you know, kind of be pushed to toe a political line, the sheriff, which is a blessing, actually, should be a very apolitical office. The sheriff should follow the law, right? The sheriff is sworn to follow the constitution and obey all laws and enforce all laws. Lady justice has a blindfold on for a reason. The law is blind. It doesn't matter what color you are, what your political beliefs are, what you all your, all the protected classes, everything. It doesn't matter. Justice is blind. You should be protected under the Constitution, under the letter of the law. The law is what defines us as a country, and those laws need to be obeyed, respected, and enforced without political or ideological bias, period. So so if
1: the Absolutely. ATF were to come to Maricopa County and go to our chief of police in the city of Phoenix and say we would like to uh, enforce a law that is... Uh, unconstitutional Uh, well they don't say unconstitutional they want to enforce law and the sheriff department decides hey this is unconstitutional unconstitutional law can you stop that from happening
2: most likely yes it does get a little political if it's in the city limits Um, the sheriff is by state statute um, 11441 uh, arizona revised statute regulated and um Actually called upon specifically under, there's eight calls for the sheriff. Number one is to keep the peace. And it regulates in there that the sheriff is responsible for enforcing all laws in unincorporated areas. Inside the city limits, it's almost always left up to the cities.
1: But if there was a unconstitutional act being created, would you step in to stop it?
2: If it's brought to the attention of the sheriff, it is required.
1: Okay. And then another question, what can you do to better serve Maricopa County?
2: Oh, there's so many things. Um, well, number one is our posse system. I was a volunteer fireman at the age of 14. Um, I, that's when I started my service heart. Um, that's I was molded at a very young age to serve, uh, serve my community as a volunteer. And our posse system was so strong. Our volunteer system, Maricopa County was um, founded on volunteers, people stepping up to serve their fellow men, their fellow community members, their fellow citizens. And um, when our current sheriff took over in 2016, we had about 2,500 strong volunteers as posse members. Um, what are What's a posse basically in the constitution? A militia. Well, because of the backing of the sheriff, whenever he took over, they weren't going to stand for a militia here in Arizona, which is our sheriff's posse. It's a very strong, regulated, trained, civilian, pseudo-military force, and they were disbanded. They were pretty much vilified whenever they were disbanded. There were a lot of bad things said about them, and I don't think it was fair. I really don't think it was fair. They were very good, honest, hardworking people that volunteered their time to do a very great good in this county. They volunteered for search and rescue, for animal rescue, and a lot of great things in our county. I will, I guarantee I will bring that back and it will be a lot bigger than it was before. I have a lot of great ideas for a disabled posse. There are a lot of people with disabilities that do want to serve, that can serve, and I will put them to work.
1: Awesome. That's awesome. And I agree with you. I've met several Posse members that have been very disappointed on, on some of the things that our active sheriff has been doing.
2: And we have to get our youth involved as well. Um, we can get uh, youth Posse. Uh, we, they have a cadet program. It's It's kind of small right now. We can get our youth involved. Right now, graduating seniors at 18 years old, less than 3% are eligible for military service due to drug use and being out of shape, and mental health issues. By the time they reach 21 years old and can legally carry a handgun in the United States and are eligible for law enforcement entry, less than 1% of 21-year-olds in the United States are eligible to enter law enforcement. We have a huge recruiting problem. A lot of times when they get there and they're turned away, they say, well, I didn't know. We have to get to these kids when they're younger. If they want a job at McDonnell Douglas or a good or at a hospital where there's a strong background check in their into their history to get a good job, a lot of them are being disqualified. Law enforcement is a big one as well. They didn't know, nobody's telling them. So we need to get to them younger and let them know: hey, if you want a good job when you're older. And these things matter. You need to stay off the drugs. I know marijuana is legal in Arizona, recreational and whatever. But if you use marijuana so many times, you're ineligible. If you get into any other recreational drugs that are not legal, it can disbar you for life from being in law enforcement. And that's got to be pretty
1: confusing for a kid that says, well, marijuana is legal now. But yet when you go, when you're 21, you go for a job, you may not get the job because marijuana may be legal, but it's not acceptable to some of these larger corporations and law enforcement.
0: Or the fact that it can interfere with your ability to enact your Second Amendment rights.
2: That's correct. Because federally, it's still illegal. And you have to fill that out on the form. And it can preclude you from being able to purchase firearms. And it can seriously preclude you from gainful employment. In government contract jobs and in law enforcement.
1: Right.
0: We've got to, You're right. We've got to let kids know at a younger age, give them purpose at a younger age for why, you know, cause that's, that's what, you know, kids always do. And somehow as adults, we stop asking why, and we just start oh, head no, bobbing no. like, oh, okay. Because the culture tells me, but kids want to know the reason why give them right. reasons why. Well, and, and we to, us, to us, it's common
2: sense. To us, it's common sense. But, you know, I was in law enforcement for over 28 years and common sense is not that common. And we need to catch these kids when they're young enough that we can make a difference in their future life and let them know ahead of time when we can make an impact when they're still minors before they're adults and say, hey, if you do have any ideas of becoming law enforcement or going in, say you want to be a doctor. You can't do certain things when you're younger, you know, watch your criminal behavior, you know, criminal traffic tickets can be involved as well, or a DUI. You get a DUI at 17, 18 years old, it could preclude you from a good job. Say you want to become a truck driver when you're 25, 30 years old. If you had a DUI 10 years prior, it could preclude you from becoming a truck driver. I mean, something as simple as that. We need to get to these kids when they're younger so they can start thinking about their future.
0: And stop posting every single bleeding thought that you have on social media that Absolutely. is forever right <laughs> I mean, yeah, and we need to I mean,
2: install a filter on some of these
1: telling you and yeah. we're also not promoting law enforcement to the younger generation we're actually promoting them as evil mm-hmm. in well, a lot correct. of media and that and and that's so wrong and it's like I don't know what their goal is with that but so there's a lot of things that we we need to do but why why are you doing this that's uh, uh, what I'd like to know
2: that's a great question. And Jamie and I, my wife, Jamie and I, we've been together for a long time. We have three adult children and six grandchildren. Two of our children live here in Maricopa County and three of our grandchildren live here in Maricopa County. And I take that very seriously. What legacy are we leaving them? Exactly. What, what Maricopa County are my grandkids going to grow up in? the county i look at now scares me Mm -hmm. the governor we have our secretary of state and our current sheriff are our supposed leaders what are they doing to our county what are they doing to our state my thoughts think about and the future that i look toward is rather dismal are they protecting our life our liberty and our pursuit of happiness. Those are the three things guaranteed to us in our constitution.
1: It seems to me that they're they're just making it for themselves and not for the people. I've, I've lived here all my life and Maricopa County has changed so much compared to what it used to be. And, and it's changing quickly to negatives right now.
2: It has. Um, with the Sheriff's Office, Maricopa County is the fastest growing county for the last seven years in a row. The budget for the Sheriff's Office has doubled. From 300 million to over 700 million. We have less deputies on the street. And that's, I'm not even counting the 2,500 volunteers that disappeared. Yeah.
1: Right. They were
2: free. I'm talking about the paid deputies. Right. This year's budget, they cut the number of deputies on patrol, but we have the same number of bureaucrats in the building.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where's all that money? They're double going. the
2: price. Mm-hmm. What are we paying for? Mm -hmm. And do you feel safer? I don't. Right. I don't.
0: I I, I don't think
1: our our current governor or current um, sheriff has any idea what the Constitution is. They may have heard of it, it, but they don't know what it is.
2: Well, when I saw our current governor take her oath of office and giggle and laugh like a child all the way through it, did not instill a lot of confidence
1: in her seriousness
2: or
0: right
1: yeah
2: what's she she,
1: doing and she vetoed well here's what she's doing she's vetoing vetoing several law several bills that would have protected our children protected our rights and she's she's vetoed them
0: yeah yes
1: so that's what she's doing she's playing she's like you said she giggled when she did her the oath it's a game to her this is just a fun little toy game that she's doing for her maybe four years
0: so what is the relationship since we're bringing up the governor none of us can really do anything about that but what would the relationship be between or what is the relationship between the the sheriff of Maricopa County and the governor of the whole state
2: Not a lot really. Um the the more well unless there's an emergency or something the more important relationship for the sheriff is with the legislature. Mm. The sheriff needs to work with the legislature to make sure that the legislation that's being passed is comprehensive and well-written to stand for what the citizens need Mm -hmm. and that it's written in a way that is enforceable.
1: And protecting our constitution.
2: Correct, and is written within the boundaries of the constitution. So some of the things, um, there's some house bills that have been written, let's say for um, school safety. We need to protect our children. We have to protect our children with some of the, um, they say gun violence. Well, it's, it's the, some of the mental health issues that are going on in our country and the school shootings that have happened. There's been some very comprehensive, very well thought, um, legislation that's gone through in Arizona. Um, there's, uh, let's see. House Bill 2705 is called School Safety Training Pilot Program. We need to get behind this. uh, House Bill 2705. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a voluntary active threat response training program for school staff. That's very good. It's very well written. Um, It's a voluntary program. So if people don't want to be involved in it, if teachers don't want to be trained in this Um, In firearm safety, they don't have to be trained with a firearm, but they can be trained in the threat response, how to protect the children better, how to work with law enforcement when law enforcement responds, and it was, it's, like I said, it's very well written, and we need to get behind things like that, there's another, there's House Resolution 2991, teachers, empowerment against classroom harm act of 2023 um the classroom uh that was 2991 it's it's very well written and comprehensive i'll let you guys read that um it's several pages these are things that the sheriff can work with the legislature to make sure that these um, resolutions and house bills and senate bills whenever they come through The sheriff can sit down with the legislators and the lobbyists that write these bills and make sure that they're done correctly and that they're staying within statutory authority and constitutional authority and can work with the teachers and make sure that when these bills come out, that they're enforceable, number one, and that they're constitutionally proper.
0: Yeah.
2: Yes, and sound
1: and that's the thing getting all the legislatures involved so that there's enough legislatures voting on it that she can't veto it because for her uh, school safety is just making a bigger sign that says no guns allowed
2: correct and you, you know? we've seen the proof of that um With several of the latest shootings, they're not releasing the information about the manifesto from the shooter because it says very specifically in there the shooter decided not to go to one school because they had armed security and decided to go to another school because that school had stickers that said no guns allowed and it was a gun-free zone and it made it an easy target.
1: But we've known that. We didn't need a manifesto. We didn't need that manifesto to know that. We knew it from yeah. past. Yeah. And they're just not waking up to it. Absolutely.
2: Well, and they're suppressing it. They're actively suppressing that information and keeping it out of the media because they don't want everybody else that doesn't have our common sense to know that so that they'll, they can keep playing their rhetoric.
0: Absolutely. Um yeah, our current Arizona governor Katie Hobbs is um she's just got a fast track veto pen on anything that, um, that I've worked on this whole legislative session through the AZCDL. And, uh, it's, it's been a very enlightening, um, time, but as Dan said, if we could, you know, talk to people on both sides of the aisle, if we could help them understand, um, the importance of some of this stuff, then we could have a, a veto override and we thought we had that with one particular bill that we were calling the save the tamales bill uh for you know small business uh um food makers vendors Vendors, thank you um but then politics came in and politics make us stupid and and even that didn't go through but one of the bills that she vetoed is basically stop drop and roll but for firearm safety
2: correct
0: so who would veto teaching kids what to do if if there's a fire emergency, which is the stop, drop, and roll analogy? Apparently, Governor Katie Hobbs, because the minute you say the word guns or it was sponsored by somebody on the other side of the political aisle, it's just an automatic no for her. And so having a sheriff that is serving all the people who is working with all of the legislature, that can be very, very powerful. Instead of everything just being divided, along political lines constantly, which is the brain rot that we're stuck in. And that's that's
2: one of the things um, that's very important with the sheriff. We need to take the politics out of the sheriff's office. The sheriff is, it is a political office, but it doesn't need to be so political. I, it's hard to define that way. It sounds goofy, but our current sheriff toes the the party line yeah. And we can't have that. No. The sheriff needs to toe the constitutional line. Thank you. And what is best for all the citizens.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
2: Not for one party or the other. The sheriff has to stand for the Constitution and for the citizens.
1: And that's the cool thing about the Constitution. There's nothing in there about being black, white, brown, yellow, green, blue. There are no buts in the Constitution at all. And so anybody that has the power to vote needs to start voting for people that follow the Constitution.
0: Absolutely. So moving into the area of enforcing of laws, right? And Because I think it's important you started with the topic of working with the legislature because as one of my mentors, Dave Kopp, the late Dave Kopp, Uh, One of the founders of the AZCDL has said, you know, if you're you're mad at law enforcement for enforcing laws, then maybe you need to go the step ahead of the process and make sure that the right laws that are going to get enforced get passed. So on that topic, what are your current thoughts or your thoughts about the current non-enforcement of laws that are in place? Uh, to enforce immigration, to protect against drug and human trafficking and things like that in, in Maricopa County. What are your thoughts on that? How would you change that?
2: I'm devastated. So in my past in New Mexico, when I was a deputy sheriff there, I was assigned to a DEA task force. I was a special agent for the DEA while, while I was a deputy sheriff. I have fought the cartels hand to hand. We did some immigration enforcement. We assisted ICE in a limited capacity, which the Sheriff's Office here used to do. They stepped outside that limited capacity and now we're under a very strict oversight. Once we get rid of that oversight and we come in compliance with the order that they're currently under, we still have to follow the law, obviously, but we can, do some limited assistance with immigration. One of the big things whenever Penzone took office, he removed the ICE immigration officers that were in the jail that were interviewing detainees people that had broken the law in Maricopa County that were going through the booking process were interviewed by ICE to see if they were here legally or not. He removed those, people from the jail. So if somebody here broke the law in Maricopa County, went through the booking process and was here illegally, once they went through our court processes, they were released right back into the community. Oh my gosh. He has since allowed several of those back in, but we book about 1400 people a day on average, 1400 people a day. Maricopa County jail system Just the county jail system is the fourth largest jail system in the United States. Wow. We need to be doing more to ensure that the people that break the law here in Maricopa County, that go through our jail system, we filter out those that are here illegally and get them out of here. No matter what your stance is on immigration, no matter what it is, If somebody's here illegally and they break the law here in Maricopa County, they're not welcome. They need to leave. Legally, they need to be removed by the immigration service, the federal immigration service. And we need to partner with them legally and have that done properly. But we can do a lot more to ensure that's occurring properly. It's on a very limited basis. So people that are here illegally that break the law and are victimizing people in Maricopa County need to go.
0: Right.
1: If they're breaking the law, they should, they already broke one law, but then. Well,
2: yeah,
0: you know. absolutely. Uh, excellent take on that topic. Um... And
2: the drug enforcement squads that we had before with Maricopa County Sheriff's office have been diminished drastically and their enforcement has gone way way down if you talk to the sheriffs south of us sheriff lamb and sheriff daniels south of us everybody interviewed crossing the border is headed where phoenix phoenix is maricopa county they're getting run over all the human trafficking, all the drug trafficking that's coming through Cochise and Pinal County is a pipeline straight to Maricopa County. Why?
0: Gee, I wonder.
2: Because nothing's being done here.
0: Right. So Maricopa Daniels
2: County.
0: Yeah. Danels is a constitutional sheriff. Lamb is a constitutional sheriff. Those people breaking the laws, and being here illegally, they don't want any part of that. So, as you're saying. They're making a beeline to that County line into Maricopa County where Penzone is. Well, where is he know, just saying, just not doing a lot them and
2: yeah. go ahead. Well, let's just say not a lot's being done here. They're setting up shop here. The cartel knows it. They're setting up shop here. There's tons of stash houses here in Maricopa County where they're piling up all the people that are being blackmailed and trafficked into the United States. And all the drugs that are being trafficked into the United States, all the fentanyl that's crossing the border is being hoarded in houses here. In Maricopa County, we have a humongous, amazing rail system and intercontinental highway system. What better way to spread your drugs and all the human trafficking that you're doing than get them to Maricopa County and it spreads all over the United States from here. They go to San Francisco, Washington State, Washington, D.C., Chicago, all over Illinois, Detroit, everywhere from here. It spreads like wildfire once they hit the interstate system and once they hit the rail system, Amtrak, everything. It just spreads like wildfire once they make it to Maricopa County. We have to shut that down. Mm -hmm. I have the experience. I was a DEA agent. I know how to stop it. I know how to fight it. We have to shut it down.
0: Absolutely. We have to
2: man these squads. We have to get the people in there back in these narcotic squads. And it's hand in hand. The money laundering, the drugs, and the human trafficking are all tied together. It all runs hand in hand. We have to
0: shut it down. So here we have, we've been discussing, there are laws that for whatever reason, our current sheriff in Maricopa County doesn't want to enforce. Then there are other laws that people, for whatever reason, it seems like on the the Democratic Party side, maybe not my neighbor, the Democrat, who identifies as a Democrat, but the party platform of the Democrats want to impose on, you know, responsibly armed citizens like red flag laws and oh. red flag laws are these laws that are a way to weaponize, again, law enforcement against responsibly armed citizens that basically you just need some neighbor or, you know, some ex-wife or some ex-boyfriend or something to say, hey, these people have guns in their house and they're unstable. They make me nervous. They said something about, you know, uh, wanting to end their life or whatever. And then law enforcement is empowered to go and confiscate property. And that property specifically is firearms. So help me understand that. How does that make sense? And what what would your take and your attitude be?
2: on something like a red flag law? Well, see, red flag laws, it sounds sounds like a very safe thing for you. So we're going to package it up and call it a red flag law because red flags are bad. Right. What it really is, is a gun confiscation law. Exactly. So it's the scary gun law. So they can package it up nice and say that, well... If your neighbor is a a lunatic and just that crazy, crazy guy or person, and they've got a lot of guns and we don't want them to have that because they could go shoot up the school. Um, We have we're going to put these laws in place where you can save your children and have their guns taken away until we can have a hearing and make sure that they're safe and they can see a professional and whatever. That's backwards. The Constitution says it has to be the other way around. You're innocent until proven guilty. Well, they're trying to sneak these red flag laws through so that you're guilty until you can try and prove yourself innocent. Right. This is America. It doesn't work that way. So we go back to what we originally started with working with the legislators and making sure that these laws don't go through. We are Americans. We're innocent until we're proven guilty. You cannot come in and impair my rights to own my firearms if I've broken no laws. Now, this goes back again to what we talked about a minute ago, our broken healthcare system. Our mental healthcare system is broken. We do have people that are mentally incapable of owning firearms. We need to shore up that system, but going after legal citizens in this country that own firearms because you don't like the bumper sticker on their car or you don't like the political party that they belong to or you don't like that they protested your opinions at a school board meeting, You cannot go after their firearms and take them away. And then they have to try and prove that they're not crazy because they don't agree with you politically. That's not the way things work here in America. You are an innocent person until you're proven guilty. Now, if somebody wants to have a hearing and they prove with facts that you should not own firearms in a court of law, and they go through the legal processes, mm-hmm. that's different. But just going and taking somebody's firearms because they don't like your bumper sticker or they don't like the way you they you mow their, your lawn or you don't <laughs> agree with your political beliefs or you're going through a divorce and, right, you know, there, there's just too many examples of things that have happened in other states that frankly scare the hell out of me.
1: The yes. red, red flags won't work anyway, because it's not the, the gun is not the, the problem. It's the person behind the gun.
2: Right. It is.
1: So it, the red flags don't work anyway. It should never have even been a law because it doesn't help. Besides that, red flag law, you come and take my guns. You're not, how do you know you got them all? Exactly.
2: Well, and that, you know, and it just opens up such a Pandora's box of yeah. so many problems. Right. And they say that they're doing it because of all the school shootings. Well, how many of the school shootings was the shooter, not the owner of the guns? They either stole the guns or they took them from somebody that was a legal gun owner and they weren't even supposed to have them anyway. Right.
1: Right. It wouldn't
2: have stopped anything. So, I mean, we just have so many problems that this doesn't address. Absolutely. And it's a mental health problem and we need to work on mental health issues, not the gun issue. It's not the gun, it's the person.
1: We have some mental health issues in legislation, too.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah. I'm
1: sorry, there That's is. A,
2: well, I think you just little said little politics time. again.
0: I know, it's true. Um, so there's an issue that I think not enough people are familiar with. I myself am I'm only cursory familiar with it. Um, but yet we are being impacted by the exorbitant amount of spending of taxpayer monies on a melindris lawsuit at mcso what is the melindris lawsuit and and why is it ca- sucking up so much of our taxpayer dollars
2: so the Melindras lawsuit i i had briefly mentioned earlier is the oversight that's over the sheriff's office so back in 2010 there was some immigration enforcement being done in um I guess in cohorts with the federal government and it was being done legally in the beginning. And then it stepped over those bounds and the Maricopa County Sheriff's office was sued and several, you know, how those um, civil lawsuits can explode. The ACLU jumped in, the DOJ jumped in and um, we are paying for it because the Sheriff's office lost. So since 2010, we've paid, we, the Maricopa County taxpayers, paid approximately $300 million. Oh,
0: oh my gosh.
2: It originally cost us $20 million a year for the oversight. That money goes to the ACLU and an independent monitor to monitor the sheriff's office on the enumerated items that was laid out in the Melendez lawsuit. Things from traffic stops, internal affairs investigations, how statistics were kept, how records were kept, a lot of things. These were all things tied up in the lawsuit that the sheriff's office was found to be doing improperly. We are now 90, sheriff's office is in 95% in compliance. Basically, the only thing left is the internal affairs investigations. They're trying to get that under wraps and handled. The problem is now in this year's budget, it's $26 million a year for the oversight because of budget costs and you know inflation. That $26 million a year goes to the ACLU and the independent monitor to monitor the sheriff's office. In October of last year, the sheriff Penzone was found in criminal contempt in the same court because he's still not in compliance with the order, 13 years later, it's now his monkey on his back. It was Arpaio's, now it's Penzone's when he was elected sheriff. When I'm elected sheriff, it'll be mine. It comes with the job. Mm -hmm. The problem is 13 years later, this thing has become so overblown, I think, and this is my opinion, and it's the opinion of several others, that the lawsuit has gone beyond its scope and it's kind of lost sight of its original intent. And it's basically become too big and unrecognizable from its beginning Mm -hmm. authority and intent. I don't even know if you could come within compliance of it now. It's just grown beyond. It's grown so many tentacles now. I don't even know if you could cut them all off and and it could become what it was originally supposed to be. But he was found in contempt for not coming into compliance. And we're paying a fine of $1.15 million a month. Oh. On top of the $26 million a year, we're already paying. How what long do we... does it have to go on?
0: Right. What do we do about this?
2: Plus, the budget of the sheriff's office is already $700 million a year. 80% of that is just the jail. Like I said, it's the fourth largest jail system in the United States. That's not cheap to run. Right. So we're spending over $500 million a year on the jails. A couple hundred million dollars a year on the sheriff's office for patrol of less deputies than we had before. Right. And we're spending $26 million a year in oversight. And now we're paying a fine of over a million dollars a month This isn't sustainable.
1: No, sure. And just raise our getting property for tax. our buck, just raise our property tax some more.
2: What are we getting for it? I know less patrol, yeah. less officers on the street. We're less safe in the fastest growing county in the last seven years. We have less patrol, which does not make sense. That's goofy math, and we it, it can't be maintained. Right. It's going to implode.
0: So, what would do we do about it? And who who does something about it? Is it the citizenry?
2: Well, we're hoping a higher court is going to step in and do something about this order and make some appeasements to make it sustainable and to make it to where we can come in compliance and we can come within compliance of what it was originally intended. Um, They've suspended the officer's bill of rights. The deputies at the Maricopa County Sheriff's Office have no rights um, that they were supposed to have with these internal affairs investigations. Um, These investigations are supposed to be wrapped up in 90 days. Some of them are taking up to two years. Whoa. A deputy gets a complaint that they're in a restaurant or somewhere in public and they laugh too loud. That investigation could take up to two years. That impedes the officer's ability to get hired somewhere else to get promoted, um, to, to move to another position um, for something that simple. Um, if you, if a deputy gets a complaint that they're rude and it's something that is a misunderstanding and could in another agency could be handled with a simple phone call and an explanation where a citizen maybe didn't understand or maybe the deputy didn't understand it. it could be a simple conversation or a right. simple apology. Right. right. Can't do that because of the oversight it's they have to follow such strict protocols because of this oversight it's become such a green one-eyed monster that they have to follow it's just inconceivable it's it's bureaucracy and big
0: government right there in a nutshell
2: well it's a profit maker for the ACLU and the independent monitor
0: Absolutely. They're not going to. And they're going go to the they're gonna fight it to the death.
2: They're going to fight it to the death cuz look at the money they're making.
0: Absolutely. And Absolutely. it funds
2: their policies that they continue to run in this country. So it's
0: craziness. Well, um I'm excited to see someone like yourself running for an office like this that you've got the experience, you've got the common sense, you've got the the foresight, you've got the connection the grounding in the constitution that you could bring some sanity to things that have gone completely bonkers um over the past few years and again in such a huge county it takes up so much of the square footage of our state it cannot be trusted to a political creature it just it cannot. Can.
2: Well, and, and you need somebody in there that's level-headed. And and one of the biggest things I learned in law enforcement and, and throughout my time in the military, things have to be done with reason. Mm-hmm. Law enforcement has to be done with a reasonableness. Mm-hmm. When you look at something, you say, is this reasonable? Mm-hmm. You can't have somebody that's going to go in there half-cocked and with a huge ego. You cannot have that. I was a non-commissioned officer in the military, and I learned... Through my military military leadership training and experience, and that's one of the unique things about me in this race. I'm the only one with any military leadership training or experience that's in this race. It taught me. It, I, I I earned a medal in um, the military about how to lead with reasonableness and how to how military people. Go to good people, they follow a good man. It doesn't matter how many stars or stripes are on your arm. You have to be a good man, a good leader. They look for good leaders, and I always i I pride myself in always having been that, even in law enforcement, I didn't seek a lot of leadership roles in law enforcement because I really enjoyed what I was doing, but I did lead from the front and on the ground, and I've always been really good at that, and i've I endear myself to people. And I've always been a trustworthy guy. I've always been a clean, honest person. And my past shows that.
0: Absolutely. Well, Mike, thank you so much for spending all of this time with us. Thank you for all that you have done and are continuing to do. Tell folks who are listening how they can support the, the journey that you're on, the campaign, because campaigns run on manpower, volunteer manpower and money to get the message out. Um, and I'm sure that uh, any of those two things would be welcome.
2: Well, besides um, the volunteer uh, man or people power, people power is better. Okay. Um, and the money um, is prayer. Uh, pray for me. The power of prayer goes beyond anything we could ever reach for. But um, short of that, the, uh, the people power uh, volunteers are amazing and uh, donations. We have to get our name out there so that everybody can know who we are and who to vote for. And that takes money to drive the machine uh, to, for the advertisement. Mostly I can't do this on my own. So Crawford for and it's Crawford for sheriff and sheriff has one R and two F's crawford for We have an amazing website. Um, my wife, Jamie, is an amazing designer. There's um, t-shirts and hats and bumper stickers. Later on, there'll be yard signs, coffee cups, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, you can shop. You can also donate on there. There's an amazing commercial on there. Click on the speaker. There's audio. It'll tell you a whole lot about me and who I am, where I came from, how God changed my path and made me Uh, better able to serve the people in my community, in my country. You can also go to uh, Mike Crawford for sheriff on Facebook. I have Twitter. I'm not allowed to control it. Jamie does all that, but there's Twitter. Um, I wouldn't say MySpace. that would show my age, but um, we have all the social media accounts out there. Crawford for sheriff or Mike Crawford for sheriff on Facebook, please um, contact me on there on any of those social media platforms. Um, Call me if you have any questions or concerns, comments, if you want to volunteer, please reach out. I'm always available. I'm retired. Retired from law enforcement two years ago. I've never been so busy in my life. The Mm -hmm. only drawback to retirement, you never get a day off. (laughs)
0: Right. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's true, Mike. Thank you so much. I appreciate everything that you're doing, and we will definitely be checking in to see how things are going with your campaign and and have you back on once you are, sure. And thank you very
2: much. And uh that pot of gold website is uh got me in some hot water once or twice with the wife, <laughs> but I do have to say <laughs> that single shot, uh, that the single action. Uh, Sam Colt signature limited edition navy that I bought is just a sweet item in my collection.
1: Awesome,
0: good. <laughs> I got use. a
2: smoking deal on it, by the way. And uh, everybody should visit that site, it's amazing. awesome. Thank,
0: thank you, thank you, Mike, for thank the you. plug. Oh, of course, you guys All are right. amazing. Thanks so much. We will talk to you soon.
2: And thank you, thanks everybody out there for listening. God bless and keep your safety. Keep God close and live a happy life.
0: Thank you. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye.
1: So, you know, again, when I'm looking for a sheriff, I'm looking for somebody that follows the constitution and he does. And so he's got my vote. I mean,
0: that is such an important consideration that um, we don't use often enough in electing any of our officials, right? We're hiring somebody who is going to represent us, right? right? And if you have the core values like we do, that the constitution is our guiding force, it is our our grounding, right? It's our recipe book, right? Our roadmap. Then why aren't we using this to help hire people who are going to stand and speak for us and act on our behalf? And so, and who,
1: who in this world that loves their freedom would not agree that the Constitution is, is the thing? I mean, so even a criminal, if you're a criminal, let's say you're making meth down the street, you want a sheriff or a law enforcement agency that's constitutionalist because when they come to raid you, you live.
0: Yeah, they have certain okay, certain you, guidelines. Right, they have
1: guidelines they have to follow. Right, because you, even as a criminal, you have rights. That's true. So, you know, you, you need to think about that. You know, I don't want a sheriff because I don't want to vote for a sheriff because the sheriff's going to arrest me. Well, you want a sheriff that's going to arrest you. You want one that knows the <laughs> Constitution. Great boy If you get pulled over by a police yeah. officer for speeding, you do you want a, a, a police officer that's a constitutionalist or one that's not? Yeah.
0: Exactly. Good point, Dan. All right. Well, thank you so much to our awesome guest, Mike Crawford. Uh, Thank you to all of our audience out there, whether you are viewing us on a video or listening to us on audio only. We appreciate you because you take these conversations with these subject matter experts into your carpools, around your dinner tables and into your spheres of influence. And that is where real impact and real change happens, especially when our children can be exposed to the ideas and topics that we're talking about, because, you know, too often in, in school, they're just told to, um, basically listen and regurgitate, listen and regurgitate. We want people to chew on ideas, right? Use these, these thoughts and these topics as jumping off points. Um, I love it when we talk about something that maybe some of our listeners disagree with, because then they're they're mentally interacting with the information enough to disagree.
1: Is that, that why is you music. is that why you disagree with me that so much? That is why
0: I disagree with you. So to have a
1: conversation,
0: right? Because that way you well, know I'm engaged. That. You don't.
1: <laughs> no, that's I'm right.
0: fully present when I'm disagreeing with you, right? Yeah. Um, so he uh, never disagrees with me though. No. no. He's always right. Mm. Anyway, um, thank you so much to all of our, our audience out there. Uh, we really value you. If you want to rewatch this video or any of the videos that, that we've ever put out, go to YouTube or Gunstream or any place you find your video content and be sure you hit subscribe and notify the notifications button because not only do you stay really in the know as fast as the speed of light, but you also tell those platforms that this is content you want Right. and it's a hedge against us being canceled, which is kind of like the big thing right now that everybody's, uh, using as a weapon against anything that they disagree with. Instead of thinking about it, using it as a jumping off point and, and mentally chewing on it, they're just like, I want to shut you out and cancel you. So we would very much value if you would um, subscribe and notify. If you want to listen to the audio only version of any of them, go to our website, gunfreedomradio.com. Click the on demand tab and binge listen to your heart's content, darling. Wow. That was way over the top. Just came out. Wow. That's, came out. that's a new Broadway song. A new yeah. Broadway song? yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to encourage that. Um, and if you want to see photos and bios and links to all of the works that all of our guests have done, go to the guest tab. And as Mike Crawford was saying, he's on all the different platforms. I have those links for you. One stop shop for you, making it easy. Uh, it's a growing, our our guest uh, tab is a growing database of incredible guests that we've had on. And when you spend time there, we don't hate that. All right. Until next time, we are going to
1: pray for this nation. We are going to pray for our leaders.
0: And what about the ones we don't like, Dan?
1: We don't have any time to discuss that right now.
0: Yes, we do. We're going to pray maybe especially for them. All right. Until next time, have a great week. Be good to each other, and God bless. Bye-bye.